Welcome back to another episode of A Gift from Adversity. My name is Jui Love. I'm your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to introduce my book, which is A Gift from Adversity. Same title as this podcast. The subtitle is Overcoming Sexual Abuse, Domestic Violence, Bullying, and Homelessness. After I experienced all of these adversities in Japan and I came to America, this is my bio book and a lot happened in my life and how I overcame with my adversities after coming to America, etc. So check it out. It's available on Amazon, A Gift from Adversity by J. Love. After I published my book in 2020, I felt very compelled to create a platform where we can share difficult conversation about adversities and how we overcome all these challenges. And it's been really wonderful to have so many guests on my podcast talking about the tools that they use to overcome adversities and a gift that came from it, not only just adversity and challenges. And today we have an exciting guest. Her name is Angela Wilson, and she is from Australia. Let's introduce her. Hi, Angela. Hello. Thank you so much for coming to A Gift from University today. Can you please tell our audience who you are and then what you do? Sure, no problem. Thank you for having me here, Jury. And I come from Melbourne, Australia. It's uh, winter over here, so we're just sort of getting through that last part of the cold snap. And my name is Angela Wilson. I'm a career coach who works with women who really want to transform and uncover the next chapter of their life. Maybe they've gone through something quite unexpected or a big change and are looking to really uncover and discover that meaning and purpose in their life since they've been through what they've been through. And do you have any website or social media that people can follow you? Yes. So my website is www.careerdesignstudio.com.au. And I'm also on LinkedIn under Angela Wilson. If you type in Angela Wilson Careers, I'm also on Instagram under Career Design Studio and Facebook as well. So you can usually find me somewhere within those kind of platforms. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for tuning in all the way from Australia. I am uh, in America, Massachusetts. Uh, so we are at nighttime and this is summertime for us. So New England has very short summer because it's really cold, but we are enjoying the bit of summer that we have here in New England. I've never been over there, but I'd love to travel and get an experience of what it's like in different countries. And I know that you've been in a couple of different countries. I've read uh, nearly all of your book. I found it quite interesting that you've traveled um, to different places and now you're in America. Yes, but not in Australia or New Zealand. Okay. You know, I have very close friends uh, in New Zealand. It's uh, She's my pimple since... 14, 13, or like all our lives. And we've been exchanging letters and now we are Facebook friends. 
And we have very, I have very close friends, um, Dr. Geraldine Bluestein from South um, Australian University. She's an anthropologist, we, anthropologist, and then we worked together in the past. So anyways, um, let's jump into our first question, which is the adversity. So would you share what happened and what was your adversity? Sure, no problem. And I just find that a lot of people have been through adversity and that it's so great that you've got this platform where people can share their stories so that other people can connect with what they're going through at the moment and to find a way through it because I know that when you're in the admits of pain and what you're going through, it can be really hard to see anything else um, outside of that. So my adversity that I'd like to share with you today is a moment in my life that in an instant, everything changed. And when I think about um, natural disasters, this is something that where I live, I live in the Dandenongs in my particular area, which is a really nice uh, area for lots of greenery, lots of trees. And where we live, we always know about the threat of bushfires. So in summer, you've always got that particular threat yet what I faced was not within summer it was October 2016 it was a beautiful uh, spring morning and it instantly turned into a fierce windstorm so we're really prepared where we live for bushfires yet a windstorm you're actually not sure what to do within uh, that moment that I remember stepping outside and the it went from a beautiful spring morning to intense wind that was really loud it was howling it came from a different direction which sort of uh, gave you those prickles those uh those tingles going something's a little bit different today and i have to take this seriously and i remember looking up at the trees and they were thrashing backwards and forwards and i instantly went into instinct mode where are my children let's think about do we leave or do we stay and as my husband and I were inside and thinking about what to do a black shadow caught our eye and we grabbed the children ran outside in a split second there was a tree a big uh, tall gum tree they're 20 meters high uh, in my area and it landed and crushed our home thankfully we did make it outside yet as we turned around and looked at the devastation, so this tree had crushed the home, it had burst through the wall that we were just standing in uh, when we were thinking about leaving in that particular spot and our hearts were racing, children were crying and I knew in that moment my life had changed forever, that I was staring at my crushed home, the cars were trapped uh, on that particular day, we couldn't get out. So we really felt um, trapped in every sense that what do we do now? How do we protect our family? And I can remember just that intensity of that moment. And that's going to live with me for, um, for, I guess, for the rest of my life that it's been really windy in the uh, the last um, couple of days at my area and you automatically go, are we safe? Um, we know now what what we can do. We can leave as soon as we, we feel safe. But in that moment, 
I couldn't do anything apart from focus on my family. And for the next three years, that's what I did. I focused on my family. We focused on the rebuild of our home. And I was very consumed with all of that because my um, world had narrowed to to those particular values that was important to me, the survival of my family, the rebuild of ourselves and what we uh, what we were surrounded in in our home. And it wasn't until I felt like I was out of that survival mode. So when we, uh, when we step out of, I guess, the pain and you've processed the trauma and you feel like you, your life has moved on, I thought, great, we, we got to rebuild our home. It took three years, but we, we did it. And I felt like that was a really great fresh start for me. And as soon as I went to step out into normal life and connect with people on a very different level and step back into a job that I'd had to help rebuild the home, I almost uh, had, I guess, it, and I did, I had a career crisis. I wrote a book about this particular moment that I stepped back into my life and I went, hold on a second, this doesn't feel right that I can't go back to the person that I was before because I'm not that person anymore. I can't um, just keep doing what I was doing because something has really changed within me and the three years that I spent focusing on the house and the family, I hadn't really thought about, well, what job suits me now? And I had to go through that feeling of, well, who am I now? What job do I want to do? Where is my meaning and purpose now that I've been through what I've been through? And how do I want to show that through the work that I do? So I went through this crisis of feeling lost and stuck with what I was doing and who am I now? And I went in search of that, which is the, the chapters of my book about how I went through that transformation and uncovered that next chapter and the meaning and purpose that I want to live by today, seeing as though I went through that change and knowing how precious life is, I wanted to really show myself that that when I felt, I guess, um, that crisis point that I could do something about it and I didn't have to just live with what I was going through. So there is a bit of a journey within my adversity that first of all, the, the natural disaster, but then there's also that internal journey that I went on as well about who am I now that I've been through that change and what is that next chapter? Well, thank you, Angela, so much for sharing um, your challenge. And I'm sorry that you lost home, but I'm very happy you made out of it and your families. Uh, all the family members are safe and those moments that life or death situation that you just have to do something to save yourselves and then I am sure it was a nightmare and scary and especially after you got out of the house and then cars were trapped like how did you make it out of it for that night or that day um since your house was crashed and then the cars were trapped yeah and it, it is it is great to go back over well what did we do in that moment because in the moment you're in survival mode so you do what you have to that the instinct really did kick in to run outside so yes thankfully 
I just remember that my daughter was playing in her bedroom and she was playing in there five minutes before the tree came down. And if she was still in there, we would, this would be a very different story that I'd be telling because her bed was the only thing that we couldn't um, really retrieve out of the rubble. And so when we sort of think about those what ifs, I remember going to sleep that night and the what ifs were playing through my mind. What if she was still playing in her bedroom? What if it was nighttime? It, the tree, the impact was pretty much on all of our bedrooms. And there's a lot of what ifs that you can play um, over in your mind. And during that particular day, we went through lots of decisions that we had to make in that moment that the at that particular time in the morning that it happened there wasn't any rain so what can we salvage without uh, putting any more risk to ourselves before the rain comes uh, that we rang our insurance company they it was a sunday no one answered so we had to actually try and tarp up our roof ourselves there was a lot of things that we had to do that was very uh, split decision making in that particular day that our cars we couldn't get out so where was the best place to be and it didn't seem like anywhere was very safe it was just a matter of working through each moment um, keeping yourself calm because the children were already upset and I can just remember thinking I have to be the adult here and I have to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. If I'm panicking, my children are going to panic and we're okay. And it was about what to do in each moment. So staying in the moment. So I remember that day felt very long. It was very dragged out. And as I uh, reached out to family, there was a couple that did live close by that were able to, uh, I guess, move uh, drive around the trees that were down. There was so many in the area. My children's school had a tree land on it. Um, the kindergarten that my my child, another child was at. So really it had impacted the community. And once we popped um, our heads out for a moment to say we need some help, there was people that were yeah walking down the street trying to drive to just be able to help us in that moment. And it's amazing how much the community can get involved and your family and friends. But at the end of the day, when you're lying down at sleep, trying to sleep at night, I had to flip the what ifs into, well, what, what did go well today? That my family's safe, that I'm sleeping in a nice warm bed that um, my father-in-law was able to put us up in for the night, that I had to remember that, yes, we're going through a lot, but what did work that day and what am I thankful for for in, in that moment? Because if I got caught up in the what-ifs, that's when it would be have been really tough. I guess I probably wouldn't have got to sleep or that I wouldn't have been able to rest easy and keep coming back each moment uh, throughout the next couple of years to really work through each challenge as it came up. So that natural disaster, the whole city, whole town were affected. Yeah, it was it was quite a big, a big one. And that ever since then, they've now got even more support in place because that was a very freak windstorm. It all of a sudden just flipped and there was um, 
100 kilometer winds so that's I know that we use kilometers in Australia I'm not sure what that conversion is but it was it was a very intense wind that was coming from a different direction so yeah the community was very affected and we it's a it's a great feeling when everyone does come together and support each other wow and then you mentioned about after the disaster natural disaster you know surviving through that you kind of had like maybe would you say identity crisis i call it a career crisis which is about that identity and and how i want to show up in my in in the work that i do so i i feel that the three years that my life went on hold i found out a lot about who i was i turned to journaling a lot and writing essays about my life and really reflecting on the person that i had become in that moment so when i went and tried to step out into life with this new information about who i was and the the person that i wanted to be it didn't match that job that i was in so when i think about that career crisis it was it was almost like that identity of i i want to be able to live by my core values and show up in my job in a very different way than what i was doing and the crisis was about well if this is who I am now, how can I do that through the work that I do? I found that I wanted to be able to show up and and work in a very different way rather than, I guess I used to call it a job. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to have a career. I wanted to have more meaning and purpose. I wanted to feel fulfilled with what I did that I was using my strengths and that it really did cover my interests. So I wanted it to connect with me on a very deeper level. And the job that I was in, it just was a misalignment. It wasn't, I wasn't able to do that through the job that I was in. So would you say if this natural disaster didn't happen, it didn't happen, the uh, career crisis, how, how would you say that, that two are connected? Yeah, so when I think about the the natural disaster and the career crisis, I think it woke me up <laughs> that I probably would still have been doing what I was doing and I call it fumbling and stumbling my way through that I was a very aware person, but this made me go even deeper into self-awareness, um, even that identity that you were mentioning before, that I knew myself on a, a very deeper level and knew that life is precious, life is short. I'd experienced that epiphany, those those moments where you go, what, why hold back any longer? Why stop myself from having that fulfilling career and seeing if I can take steps towards what I was always dreaming of that that gave me that push and some people just need that that big push to go now's the time because if it's if it's not now when are you going to do it are you going to wait for another tree to land on your house or this has given you that um that really big uh emphasis to put on well what is it that you want to do and what does light you up and what is holding you back because 
at the moment, it's almost like you're given a fresh start. And I really utilized that fresh start that I was, was given and went on that journey to go, well, if it's not the job that I was in, then what is it? And that can be quite scary for people to, to have that uncertainty and to not know what that next chapter might look like. And it's very easy to stay. So I could have stayed in that job and I'm sure that things would have worked out, yet that part of me deep inside that knew that something wasn't right, how could I sleep at night knowing that that part of me wasn't fulfilled? And that's the one that I think a lot of people sometimes try to avoid listening to. They, they might not want to dive deep into, well, what is it that I really want to do? Most people haven't thought that hard and long and deep about it or used a career coach to really uncover that, that part of them. So, yeah, I really see that those moments allowed me to have that fresh start and gave me that, that push to really step into something that I would had already started considering before the tree fell and it just gave that extra little bit of push to do it. I just want to share a story with you and with our audience. It's on my book, A Gift from Adversity, but I was homeless when I was 18 in Tokyo. And then after I became homeless, I got this resort hotel job. And then I got this down payment, a little bit of money to get my first apartment. And then I was doing a sales job for an hour to, you know, make it by the day. And then I got food poison and I had no around me and I was suffering and then I know it's silly because I was like 19 and after becoming homeless it was like really dramatic for me and I know food poison is not gonna kill somebody but I thought I was gonna die and I felt like oh my gosh if I were to die like I really regret coming to America and studying music and that's like a moment I remember that completely changed me i quit the job and then i got a better job that paid pays better it was not a commission and then i got a scholarship to come to berkeley so now i'm in america and that i don't know what i ate but if that didn't happen to me maybe my life would be a little bit different and you know every time i have surgery or nearly death experience like that kind of puts you in a perspective kind of go wake up calls and stuff so let's move on to the second question, which is the tools. And then I really like this question because every guest that I've had so far, um, I, I've had really unique tools that they use to overcome these adversities. And a lot of times that when we share our adversity, some people say, oh, go get a therapist or something. But sometimes that's not 100% the answer. So what are the tools that you used to overcome this natural disaster and create a crisis um, that you can share with our audience? Sure. And just before I forget, um, I love what you said and how you shared that story because it's those pivotal moments. So the ones, and we don't have to have um, a near-death experience to it to have this. It can just be a low in our career, in our life that does make that difference that we then start going, this is not where I want to be and I want to, um, you, you, the change has either happened unexpectedly or you do that within yourself. So you quit your job and you went, I'm not going to live like this anymore. I've experienced a real low and I'm going to now 
make my life even better. So those pivotal moments are amazing to look back on. And that's just um, a great way to, uh, I often work with people and we look back at those moments and go, well, yeah, what did change and and where are you now? Because usually it sets you up for a high, which it sounds like you have when you look at back um, at your career. So back to your question about the tools and the strategies, what I find when people are in a career crisis, they often um, they forget the things that that can help them. They it's almost like you have that very narrow focus about um, trying to survive, and when things aren't working, to know that there's tools and strategies. And the biggest one that I work with with people who are transitioning and moving into a new chapter is that sense of self. So you've kind of touched on it before with the identity and really discovering who you are now because it's very different to that person that that you were before you got the food poisoning or before a tree landed on your house and getting really clear on on who you are now, who you used to be and who you want to become. And that can be easily done. You don't have to go to a therapist for that one. I did lots of journaling and writing and pondering on life as well that to be able to write things down and see your writing come to life reading what you write can sometimes help unravel those thoughts that are within your mind I know some people do like to talk to people that that's where a coach is a really great space you've got therapy you've got coaches uh, you can even talk into apps these days where you can get what's going on in your mind out it's almost like that dark, the darkness, when you get your writing out of the dark and into the light, it can free you up. It can make you feel like you're a different person. Having a conversation with someone who does truly listen can be life-changing as well, where you get to see and hear yourself and you can start connecting dots and making sense of what you're going through. So definitely one of the tools is understand your situation yourself in this moment and what comes from that is a new perspective about who you might uh, want to become who you might want to be and what you're bringing with you a lot of people when they come to me as a career coach they as i mentioned they forget who they are their confidence is feeling a little bit low and doing a strength analysis so looking into it well what are my strengths what has helped me through my adversity what uh, is my natural part of me that i can use in a job or in my life to feel successful so when when we do a strength analysis it is about finding out at the core of who you are what you do when you're at your best or when you're challenged and what just naturally comes to the surface um, so when we understand and get that perspective of ourselves and what we're bringing forward into this next chapter that there's some things that you might want to let go as well so when we think of um, what you don't want to come with you in this next chapter what do you have control over of changing but then flipping it into, well, what do you want? And giving people a chance to dream big and to wish and to put it out there because this is that, that transition point of you have a chance to bring with you all the good things that you might want in your life or you might want to revamp everything 
and what is it that you do want so getting people to actually think about what it is that they do want in their life now um, that's another moment of um, epiphany awakening and people haven't spent enough time actually determining what they do want we can get very stuck in what's not working and um, holding on to things that might need to be let go as well. Uh, I guess another part is really looking at that support system. So a really great tool to help you through is the support around you. So we can't do things alone when we're going through a crisis or we're going through adversity because when we're alone, we can sometimes overthink things. We can sometimes uh, need a bit of extra help that can make things a bit easier. So reaching out to people, but first of all, taking stock of the people around you. Uh, do you have the right support system to help you through and to transition into this next chapter? When I went through my adversity in my career crisis, I was very picky about who I shared things with and who did help me that some people just naturally drop off because they're not sure how to approach people that have been through something that they haven't been through or they're not sure what to say or there's people that make it all about themselves that I know that when you start talking about maybe changing a job or moving somewhere different or trying something that's a little out of somebody else's comfort zone, I put their fears onto you. So just understanding a bit more about your support system and what you do need through this time is really important. <clears throat> so just to summarise, um, the tools will be understanding yourself in your situation, getting a new perspective of what you want, what you might need to let go of, what wasn't working in your uh, previous life and what you want to bring forward with you and that support system and having a really strong support system with you it might only be a couple of people yet it can make that transition just a little bit smoother a little bit easier and you want to have people that you can celebrate with that you can talk about those little wins along the way that are going to um, be a cheerleader throughout this as well well, wonderful thank you so much and what what would you say um when you had the natural disaster split second decision making surviving what do you think the tools that you use that worked to come out of this natural disaster definitely coming back to the present moment i've never felt my heart beating as strong or my breath as deep as that. And just before all of this, I'd learnt um, the, the, uh, the breathing techniques in Pilates. So that's something that I was studying before all of this. And to understand how your body actually works and to feel the parts of you that, uh, that might need a bit of um, attention. So when we think of the breath, when people are going through adversity, when they're going through challenges, they probably hold their breath. They're probably taking very shallow uh, little breaths where they're not getting enough oxygen in and they're probably having lots of tension going on in their body. So when I think about those three years that I went through with lots of intense moments, 
there was, um, yeah, lots of challenges, lots of things I had to do, yet coming back to my breath, making sure that I was eating um, correctly and making sure I was nourishing myself, going for walks to clear my mind, but also getting a bit creative. I, I remember that I picked up my camera. I had a really great camera that I take photos with and I started taking photos of the devastation and I got to see it in a very different light and it was because I was using a very different part of my brain and I started to get creative and I started uh, looking at things very differently through that lens of the camera and while I was walking I would take beautiful photos so even though I was going through very intense moments I was still taking that time to make sure I was breathing properly nourishing myself walking getting out in nature and getting creative as well with um, taking some photos and having the balance uh, within myself and my mind through all of this because it can be very heavy what you go through and the challenges that you face. But are you lightening it up with yeah, a good laugh with friends or a nice walk uh, in, that, in a beautiful setting and actually noticing the beauty around you? So those tools stay with me and that's something that I continue all the time that yes I'm I'm now working uh, a lot more than I was then so still going for walks taking photos making sure that I take care of myself and that self-care and self-management is really important through all of this thank you so much and thank you for mentioning about self-care and self-management and then you know one thing I want to mention Angela and then our audience is I did EMDR. I don't know if you're familiar with EMDR, eye movement desensitizing reprocessing uh, for PTSD, post traumatic uh, stress disorder, because I went to I went through extreme child abuse and trauma and then panic attacks for years. The goal is to bring the trauma that's stored in a limbic part of the brain, which is more animalistic. Um, reaction, fight or flight, they kind of freeze, run, hide, those things fires up and shuts off the cognitive part of the brain and it gets really black and you can't comprehend and then you just um, get in this adrenaline rush and then can't sleep, can't eat, all that stuff. So the goal of EMDR is following the light movement or having stimulation like vibrator, uh, right, left, right, left, to create the REM sleeping, rapid eye movement um, model when you are fully awake with the guidance of EMDR certified therapist and then bring the trauma back to the cognitive part of the brain so that you can see it very objectively. So I think what you are instantly doing, taking the photo of this disaster where you could be very, very scared of but then you are kind of seeing it as a picture and that's kind of the technique and the goal of EMDR to see the trauma as a movie or outsider, like a picture taking a pit photo or, you know, taking the movie, shooting, shooting the movie. That kind of perspective can help a lot to be objective about what had happened. So I just wanted to share that with you. 
And that's amazing. So thank you for doing that because I really felt a difference when I did that. And as you said, it was just instinctive. I just just did it. But you've just put that into uh, into a way that I can understand that that's what I started seeing it in a very different perspective. So thank you for that. Yes, absolutely. And Angela, what's um, my question, the last one, is a gift that came from it. So how would you describe a gift that came from all of, all of these adversities? Yeah, and when when you look back and you make sense of what's happening, sometimes in the moment you're not sure. Uh, people often say um, you go through things for a, a particular reason and you're not given anything that you can't work through. And when you're going through the pain and you're in survival mode, it's not as clear uh, but when you look back and there is a, a part of you that gets the sense that you can start to step into normal life or you can you can look back and reflect and it's not as, uh, I guess, as hurtful as in those very first uh, months or years. And so as I look back and I look at the gifts, there's, there's quite a lot um, along the way. I understand a lot deeper about the uh, the connection I have with my family and how much we can survive together and how resilient we are and how much those moments that we have had together and continue to have are so important. So the value of family within me has deepened. So that gift, I know that we can sometimes uh lose sight of, uh, I guess, the, the the bond that you have as, as people grow and you change, but how can you strengthen that as people are changing? And so we've got this particular bond now that only us as a family have gone through and know and that family is really important to me. So my gift um, in that particular area is not taking it for, um, for anything else but uh, what I understand is that truly deeply love for my family and what we went through. And the other gift was it was, I guess, the kick up the bum to actually do something with my life that gives me that sense of meaning and purpose on a very deeper level. So it gave me that chance to really refresh and look at my life about setting those boundaries and taking those risks and doing things that you think of doing but actually being proactive about it and taking steps for it. So it's almost like it's, yeah, given me a, a jolt of confidence in that area. So I, when I look back, um, I'm thankful also for our new home that, that now that we've been through what we've been through where we've got to spend COVID in um, our brand new home that is protected from all of the elements and we can't hear the wind as much and that yeah we're very thankful that we got to spend the isolation there was lots in Australia especially Melbourne and we got to do that in our brand new home as well well thank you so much and then before you leave this podcast I want you to have one advice for people who might be going through the same situation that you did so what do you say so for anyone out there that's going through adversity or might find themselves in a career crisis or 
or any any crisis uh, in general, just to know that you're you're not alone, that you've got people out there that are here to support you, that it might take a little bit of courage to reach out to someone or to find a support group or to find a way that you can work through this with the support of people around you. So, uh, yeah, I, I urge you to reach out to someone today that is truly your support system and really look into who can uh, help you through this time because you don't have to do it alone. Well, thank you so much, Angela, for coming to A Gift from Adversity all the way from Australia. I really appreciate you sharing the time with us. Thank you so much, Jury, for having me here. I've, I've really, really enjoyed it. Absolutely. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another episode of A Gift from Adversity. I have more wonderful guests coming in this month and then next month all the way to October. I have really international variety of guests who are willing to share their story bravely. So thank you again and have a great day. Thank you.